Uh, what did we just watch, Amy? I don't know. What did we just watch, Kevin? <laughs> what did we just watch? I guess that's the whole point. Um, it, technically, we a, watched a film. A film? Called, called Memoria. Memoria. It's directed by... Oh, the pressure is on me. I Okay, I'll say it. A uh, Pichapong, we're shut the cool. We're shut the cool. A Pichapong. we're shut the cool. We've been practicing saying the name because I feel like it's important to practice. It's very important to say, to practice saying names. Yes. And I didn't think that I was going to make it through this one. <laughs> Sometimes you have to give up. Sometimes. Like, like 95% of the time you should learn to say the name. Yeah. If you well, can say... Oh, I thought you meant the movie. Oh, no, no. The director's name. Like, if you can learn to say Daenerys Targaryen... Yeah. Like, you can learn... You can learn to say... A lot of uh, names. Apisha, I have to read it, because I can't remember... I can't hold yeah. it in my head, but... Apichatong, we already shut the cool. Yes. Uh, he was the director. He was the director and the writer. Didn't say that. We were of the so, film. So focused on saying... We were, we were trying really hard. Correctly. Um, we put value in, in accurately naming people. Um, I saw on his Wikipedia page, sometimes he goes by the nickname Joe. And that, like, might feel true, but also... I mean, it is, it's in a New Yorker article, so I don't argue against it. But it just feels disrespectful. Yeah. It's like, Try. no, learn, learn to say the name. Try. I'm sure we're not, still not doing it. I, I can say Saoirse Ronan, so I can say mm-hmm. we're a shut the cool. Um... Yeah, so we watched a, film. a movie. We watched it, and we just got back from the movie theater. Theater third movie in two years in, in the, the theater. Movie theater. Yeah. Um, and tell them, tell them why you chose this well, film for this week. So for our movie um, watching. Yeah. So we haven't been to the movie theater in quite a long time because of the pandemic, which hasn't ended, despite yeah. the mask mandates being lifted on. Th- planes and elsewhere yeah except for last weekend when we went to see a movie well yeah i said in general like we've been we've been avoiding we've been greatly reducing it we did go see a movie last week in the theater which mostly for me was like a test run for this movie um because this is a movie that i only became aware of because of some twitter drama which you know always a good place to learn about movies Mm -hmm. But when this movie was announced, I mean, it had been filmed in 2019 um, and initially scheduled to release and did release in the early 2000s, 2020, not the early 2000s. That would be uh, time travel. Um, And the, not the production company, but the studio that was releasing it, Neon, announced it was going to be an an Eternal Roadshow release, meaning it would travel from place to place, week to week, and only be available in that one city for that one week until it moved on to the next place. Um, The goal being something. Um, I think there's a lot of things involved in that. Like, hey, it's it's a unique experience. You know, you're the only one experiencing it in that moment. It's like an art installation, which I think is appropriate for the context of the film. Um... And then COVID happened, and so, like, after two weeks, they stopped. Um, And only just this month started showing it again. Although in a modified structure, instead of being in one theater one week, 
Um, it's now in a handful of theaters each week. Um, smaller art house theaters in general, um, but still running in very limited engagements. And again, they still say it'll never be released in home media. I don't know that I believe them because... I feel like it was mostly a marketing stunt to get people to come see the film while it was traveling rather than like an earnest artistic statement, but I'm cynical like that. So it was here in Asheville for this weekend um, and I wanted to go see it because it's novel and I like novel theatrical experiences and novel other things. I like novelty. Um, so yeah, so I said, Amy, can we go see this movie? And you said, uh, is it, is it a long, boring art house movie? And I was like, I don't know, I don't know anything about it. Guess what? It's a long, boring art house movie. <laughs> I said, well, so all I knew going in, I read the, a snippet, like a few sentences on it, and mm-hmm. then we watched the trailer. Yeah, there's a woman starts hearing a loud bang and then weird things, I guess. I, well, and then I said, I don't like independent films in general. And then you pointed out all the independent films. Yeah, well, an independent film just means it's not made as part of the studio system. Yes, so Um, the long, boring art house movie, maybe that's... That's what you don't like. I'm going to... (laughs) Bless you. Ah, for your listening pleasure. Yeah. A sneeze. Um, So did that hold true... (laughs) In this long art house film? Uh, I mean, it wasn't bad. I have trouble... I can dislike things. It's, it's yes, not you're the allowed same to dislike thing things. as saying that they are bad. Yeah, of course. I think this is very good. I think I am not smart enough in the arts. Yeah, that's definitely it. You're not smart. That's, that's why smart you don't like things. As an artist... To understand what this film was doing artistically and the commentary it was making and how also having it shown in like to one audience at a time yeah. in, in ideally before the COVID mm-hmm. would actually, that concept works pretty well for the, for the film, film itself. For the film itself. I agree, actually, um, <laughs> having now seen the film. I, an hour after seeing it, I can't tell you why right now because my thoughts have not fully formed around yeah. well, I think the film. I think that in and of itself is an accomplishment. Um, that you you walk out of it and you're like, well, that was a thing I experienced. It's going to take some time to process and sort of see how I feel about it. Um, you know, it sticks with you a little I bit. I mean, I can see it as being the sort of film that's in a museum where you go into the little dark room Oh, it's absolutely that sort of a film. And you <laughs> Like, in an art museum, where mm-hmm. you're seeing an art installation. Mm-hmm. And, although in that context, you'd probably get up and walk away after a while. You probably wouldn't <laughs> sit for the whole two and a half hours. And I, I think you need to sit for the whole two and a half hours yeah. to experience it accurately. But it is a challenge. Yeah, it's not an easy film to watch. It's um, easier when you're in a theater, structured. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, could, I would sit here for two and a half hours experience the whole thing. If I was just in an art museum, I'd be in and out in like Ten minutes, minutes less. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not 
not a good um, art aficionado. Of those sorts of in that in that environment. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, and I think I think it does need to be. I'm I am a big fan of the home media experience in lots of different ways. Ninety nine percent of all films ever made will only ever be seen in the home media experience now, um, because if you don't see it in its original run, we don't have you know second run theaters. We we might have some dollar theaters that survived the pandemic, but not a lot. Um, we don't have. Um, repertoire theaters Mm -hmm. like those have basically died out really when disney bought fox um this is getting into some of the like business of film but um disney when they bought fox they greatly reduced the number of films that could be run in the sort of um repertoire style where you could you know get the rights to watch the original alien on, you know, a small screen and charge small amounts and make money off of concessions, which is something that Drafthouse did very early on yeah. in its career. I don't think they do that much anymore. Um, and a lot of smaller theaters around the country, like Little Two Screeners, made all of their money doing that because they didn't make a lot of money on first-run pictures. Um, but, that being said, I generally love both the theater experience and the convenience of watching at home. Um, and I think I would have struggled to watch this at home. <laughs> Too many distractions. I am very easily distracted, and this is a movie you really have to... I don't want to say pay attention to, because I don't think that's true. I think you have to sit with. You have yeah. to sit undistracted from anything I, else. I was sitting there thinking, well, it's good to be in the theater, because this isn't the film where you need to, like, go let the dog out, let the dog in, go yeah. get the kiddo a snack. Of course, if you had a kiddo while you were watching this movie, you probably wouldn't be watching very much of this movie. No. If the kiddo's not taking a nap. Yeah. Or something. After <laughs> but, the kids go to bed. Um, I thought... The first, the opening of the film is just, like, of a darkened room, and it's a solid, I'd say, 30 seconds to a minute. Or longer. I, I, I weirdly, I lost sense of time yeah. while watching the movie, which I think is effective. I was like, <laughs> oh gosh, something happened, something happened. Like, so, you know, a certain amount of time goes by, and just, there's no movement, there's no sound, it's mm-hmm. just this darkened room. Like <laughs> that that pause, even though we're not used to mm-hmm. watching things where there, nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole film is like that. I felt like it was much easier to watch as it went on. And Felicity just opened the door, so you might hear some Star Trek music in the background. Don't don't sue us, Paramount. <laughs> yeah, please don't sue us, Paramount. Um, it so got, it, it got easier to watch because you got in that vibe? Yeah, or? I got in like the, okay, this is the pace we're going. It's very, very quiet. There's, mm-hmm. It is naturalism, and you don't see that that often in mm-hmm. Films like yeah. not like beyond realism. Yeah, to naturalism. To naturalism. 
two are going to sit and watch a guy. Oh, we should, we should, we haven't actually spoiled anything yet. We should say, we're going to spoil the movie. Oh, yes. Such as it is, it is such an experiential film that I think even more so than usual, spoilers aren't going to hurt or help you. There's not really a plot, per se. Yeah. There's a premise. (laughs) Felicity. There's a premise, and there is a series of things that happen. But I wouldn't call it really a plot. Yeah, And, and describing the stuff in the movie is not the same as watching the movie. Like, there are cheap horror movies that I don't want to watch because I don't like them, but I'll go read the Wikipedia summary so I can go, oh, that's what that was. Um, I think the classic example of that from recent years was the Octavia Spencer horror film Ma. 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 Um, Which I saw the trailer for that and was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to read the Wikipedia summary of that. That's all I needed. And I did. Um, But reading Wikipedia this summary does not of this film in particular, does not come close to matching the experience of, of watching it. Um, and I was just going to say the particular one that stuck out to me was the, I don't know, 30 minutes, 10 seconds we spent watching a guy asleep. Yeah. Who looked dead. Maybe dead. His eyes were open. He didn't appear to be breathing. Yeah. But also, we stayed on him in a static shot for so long yeah. that you could think about those sorts of things and the fact that he doesn't appear to be breathing and I'm his thinking, eyes are well, open. The, we're here on one shot for a long time. This like this actor is not breathing. Yeah, before. I was very concerned. He's like holding his breath for but a while. It reminded me, and those sorts of things, that shot, other... There's so many just long shots where you get an entire scene in in a single static shot. You know, the camera is set up and the characters perform the entire scene. Which is, of course, very difficult to film as both an actor and a producer. Um, But it reminded me of theater. Because one of my favorite things about going to live theater is looking where you're not supposed to be looking. Um, it's a lot of work to to gather a gaze's audience in a live theatrical experience, but because you're in a static position, you, there's nothing to stop you from looking at other parts of the set or stage or characters. You know, go see what that minor character is doing on the far left side of the stage while mm-hmm. the main stuff is happening on, on stage. Mm-hmm. This gave me a lot of that experience of being able to really soak in all of the details of the space and the world and the scenes which i enjoyed again i don't know that i would recommend this film to anyone <laughs> if there uh, there are uh, this film has people they're oh yeah out there. it's got it's out there they're they're out there but yeah just when she's in the sound studio trying to describe the sound that she's hearing like i loved her description of the sound yeah and you just watch a guy on a computer with a sound program playing around creating trying to recreate the sound yeah um and the minutiae of well it sounds more like this can you do can you do make it more like this Mm -hmm. um that went that scene went on for For a a very long time that one wasn't in a single shot. No, it was, it was in a, a few other... very long shots. Yeah. Um, there were definitely some scenes that were 
basically continuous. Like the the introduction to the fish scaler. Erman. Erman. As opposed to the sound engineer, Erman. Well, they have the same character name in the yes. credits. Well, and, and it was explicitly stated that they were both named Erman in yeah. the text of the film as well. Yes. But they also had the same last name. Yes. Um, because the movie was doing some stuff. Because are they the same person? I don't know. Is it important? No, not really. It's not that kind of movie. <laughs> if you, gosh, can you imagine the YouTube videos? Is what did the ending of Memoria mean? What did the film of Memoria I, mean? So, so the closest thing to a spoiler the film can have, I will state right now. So, if you really don't want to have this weird, goofy, fascinating art house film spoiled for you, um. At one point, close to the very end of the film, in the arguably the climax, or just after the climax, we see a spaceship. Yeah. It seems to be making that sound she's been hearing. And it seems to be making the sound she's hearing. And it is not explained. There is no additional context. But I would love some YouTuber out there to try and explain what the spaceship means. <laughs> ending of memoria explained and um whatever they came up with would be wrong because it's not that kind of a movie well so tilda swinton is the main character yeah and she's great yes i could watch tilda swinton sit and do nothing for two and a half hours apparently well she's doing stuff it's just not (laughs) verbal or very outward yes she is working the whole film she's not just being a, a statue um but we don't know who she is, what she does for a living, why she lives in Colombia, why her sister lives in Colombia. Yeah. Um, She's got something going on with orchids. So her sister was in the hospital. We see that. Uh-huh. Um, but anything she has, a, she has an accent from Great Britain, one of the yeah. British Isle places. Irish, maybe. No, I don't think. Scottish? I think I don't know. I don't know. She has... Un- unexamined. The Wikipedia says she's Scottish, but... Okay. It's not immediately clear for And me. it's not really yeah, important. Yeah. Um, the film doesn't need you to know any of those things. The film refuses to explain itself. And I really appreciate movies that do that. Um... I could, that being said, absolutely see someone watch this and go, it's super boring, nothing happens, I've just wasted my time. Um, I disagree with them, but I could absolutely see how someone could come away with that. Oh, yeah. From that. Um, Because it is, it is, all the words that I'm thinking of are like so cliche. It's meditative. It's a tone poem. It's very, the sound is good. To me, it was like a meditation on sound. The sound design was amazing. You just hear... Everything. Yeah. Except you don't. You hear specific things. It's very clearly orchestrated. But that opening scene where she's lying in bed, nothing happens for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then you hear the sound that she's been hearing all of a sudden. She gets up and then you hear her, like, the rustling of... Clothes. She mm-hmm. pulls a chair out. You hear that scrape, but nothing else. There's no music. Mm-hmm. There's no sound effects. There's nothing. There's no non-diegetic music. Yeah. There yeah. is. There is some music. One of my favorite scenes was music. Um, 
Yes, yes. I meant in that first scene in particular. Yes, oh, in the first scene in particular. There's no music, yeah. Well, and the film doesn't have a, uh, a score yes. at all. It is very much about the the sounds. I was very aware the whole time of eating popcorn because I didn't I want I didn't want to disturb the other audience members in this like meditation on sound. Yeah, where sound is very important and silence is very important. Yeah, and we still ate a lot of popcorn. Intentionally, yeah, <laughs> I ate it quietly. Yeah, um, and there were only five people in the audience, so there's seven yeah, including us. Seven including us. Yeah, so small. There, small. There crowd. wasn't a lot of other people to be making sounds. <laughs> so I knew it was you. Yeah, yeah. Mm. We were not the only ones with popcorn, though, so. No. And I didn't hear them eating popcorn, so it was probably fine. It was fine. Um, uh, long takes, quiet film, don't know what happened, or anything about the characters. Is it a... It, Wikipedia describes it as a drama fantasy. Is it a fantasy? Is it a hallucination? I, is it doesn't matter? Those, yeah, those, those are such questions the wrong don't... questions to even ask when you're approaching a film like this. Yeah. Like, again, there's a spaceship that shows up at the end. Is it metaphorical? Is it literal? Who cares? That's not the point. If you're coming into this trying to... to have an answer to everything, you are going to be disappointed. I'm sorry. Yeah. You just, you gotta experience it. Yes. And and I say, I hate just, that that's the answer I have. You just gotta experience it. Because <laughs> it's so cliche and so art house chic. Yeah. Um, but also I think it worked. Yeah. It did what it was trying to do. Yeah. We talk a lot about meeting films where they are and... Yeah. This film accomplished everything it set out to. I think it did it very well. Um, when it comes out on Blu-ray, I don't know that I'll immediately buy it. Um, but I'm glad to have experienced it. I liked that when there are scenes of the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, people walking down the street. I felt like it was like, find... Where's Waldo? Where's yes, Clinton? Yes, I did that too. Because she, like, she might be there in the street the whole time, but I didn't notice. Yeah, that she was there, or she'll enter all of a sudden, and then I'll be like, "Oh, there's, oh, there's Tilda Swinton." Tilda Swinton. <laughs> yes, so that's what it that was like. also fun. Where's Waldo? Where's <laughs> Tilda Swinton? Yeah, is she in this crowd shot? I don't know. Oh, there she is. <laughs> um... Which is an impressive thing in and of itself, too, just from a, a filming technique. Because I feel like it's so easy to, to... It's so hard to direct an audience's attention like that. Um, not that we all recognize Tilda Swinton in the same moment. But because you have these long takes and these, these breathing spaces, it gives you the time to look for it. You don't have mm-hmm. to, every single second, direct the audience's attention and figure out where they're looking. Um to to guide them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this film is not interested in guiding you. This film is interested in letting you uh, take a journey, figure out where yeah. you are. Well, and after she might walk out of a street shot, it would linger for a while. Mm-hmm. So you see other people walking by, you see people selling stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, a dog sli- wandering that's, around. That's where like, the naturalism of it comes yes. into play, where it's a slice of life without any 
pretension of presentation. Mm-hmm. It's just like what you would see. Yeah. If you were in downtown, I'm not sure where it was set. Columbia? Um, <laughs> well, it was in Columbia, yeah, but I'm not sure what uh, city. One of because the that wasn't established. Yeah. Not that important for um, the film. Yeah, I mean, fantasy feels not inaccurate as a descriptor in as much as all genres are wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, Like the fact that there's two Hermans. With the same first and last name. Same first and last name that she has some sort of a connection to. She's hearing this mysterious bang. She's never really, like with, I think, one exception, like, in a scene with more than one person at a time. She's very... Well, there's the... She's isolated. Her, her sister and her and her husband. Well, that's the scene restaurant. I was thinking yeah. about. Because, like, I was thinking yeah. about even... Like, she has scenes with Herman, or, like, Herman and, like, maybe one other person, like the person selling refrigerators. Uh, but even then, she leaves the frame for a while as they continue wandering around. Um, and then there is, again, my, my favorite scene, which was when she's looking for Aramon and she wanders into a rehearsal room where a jazz band is improvising of some sort. Maybe they're playing a song in it. It felt improvisational, but I don't know. Um, But we get this fantastic lingering long shot of her standing in a crowd of people watching the musicians, um, which was a magical experience to me. It worked really well. And then you cut to the musicians, and that was also cool. You know, that was shot, reverse shot, but in a very non-normal sort of way. Um, Yeah, she's also the type of person that meets people and goes on adventures. Yeah! Her mom, the sound engineer, they go on, like, a little adventure beyond the other sound. And the anthropologist that she meets, and, like, seems to go follow into the mountains yeah to where they're like digging and uncovering bones and things like that yeah i i at no point knew where the movie was going to take me next um but i was excited to go again excited is not quite the right word but it's i was i was on the vibe of the movie i was i was was more relaxed about it as I watched it, <laughs> I got over that initial, what? what? Something's gotta happen. No. Something has to happen. The movie categorically refuses to let anything happen. Oh. Uh, I will say, I was almost every single time surprised by the bang when we as the audience hear yeah, it. Yeah, it was very disconcerting sound. I'm sorry she was hearing that all the time. Yeah. Although by the end, it seemed like she maybe wanted to hear it more. Mm-hmm. Which might have a meaning... It, it might not. I don't know. The movie doesn't have a character arc. It's not that kind of movie. Um, I mean, it's it's been a while since I've watched a movie quite this abstract. Um, so it's nice to know they're still out there getting made. Yeah. Put Tilda Swinton in everything. She makes a good abstract <laughs> film actor. Um Minor, not minor, significant spoilers for um, The Dead Don't Die, the Jim Jarmusch zombie film, which also features Tilda Swinton. At the end of that movie, Tilda Swinton's character 
flies off in a spaceship. <laughs> so that was the second thought I had when that moment happened. Was like, oh, it's like that Jim Jarmusch movie. Mm. I mean, they're playing on it. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. I I I really enjoy the fact that this film is so much about what you're going to bring to it. It is not here to tell you what it is. Or maybe it is and I just missed all of that. But uh, I think it's really funny that um, when I was reading about this before, I um, read that it was the director's like first foray into an English language film, mm-hmm. um, which I think really meant to the first film not in Thai, which is his native language. Yeah, because the film is at least 50% in Spanish. Yeah, probably more. At least, yeah. It wasn't even an American... I mean, there are about 12 production companies. Yeah, I noticed that in the credits. I'm like, there's a lot of people, not yeah. a, lot of, a lot of production companies that worked on this. And from a lot of different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like it was It was A American, strictly U.S. Uh, production, production or... Company. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. Good movie. Don't need to see it again. Don't know how much I would recommend it. No, I don't know that I would recommend it. Um, I feel like I want to go see an art installation that only a few people at a time can see, united across geography and time. Yeah, it's... um, if you like this sort of thing, it is absolutely going to be that sort of thing, and you yeah. will like it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I'm yeah. not that kind of art Enjoyer. aficionado, so yeah. that's why I don't feel like I'm smart enough to get the artistry of it. It's it's absolutely the sort of thing that you would like if you like this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any other comments? Uh, let me check my notes. I did take a couple notes during the movie. Let me make sure I didn't skip anything. Uh, talk about the band. That was cool. Um, the dentist who died. I just enjoyed that very confusing moment. Um, oh, another, like, a moment that feels like it could have been a punchline, but wasn't was when she was sitting on the bench with the anthropologist and she recites a poem she wrote Mm -hmm. and then she pulls out a handkerchief and does a magic trick with it. Mm -hmm. And then it moves on. Yep. (laughs) I really enjoyed that moment. Uh, Yeah, I think if I were to watch this again, I would find... I would be impressed by how much of it is funny and intentionally so. Like, the scene where she's talking to the doctor was very funny. Yes. I think um, the thing about the skull hole is funny. They're not the sort of things that, like, make you laugh with punchlines, but they are they are funny moments. Mm-hmm. Um, very deliberately inserted into the film. I think that's all I have to say about it for now. Okay. I'll think about it for longer. Uh, it's a thinky movie. Yeah. I'm going to be processing for a little while. I walked out of the theater and the uh, person behind the counter was like, what would you think of it? And I was like, I don't know yet. <laughs> I gotta think about it some more. And she said... That's that's typical. That's, yeah, That's what everybody's been saying. But you know, it's only in 
this Asheville theater for a weekend. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, weekend. it might be next weekend also. It might be two weekends. I wanted to see it today. So we did. That's good. Uh, well, wanna... is it time to tell people about our Patreon? Okay, I'll tell people about our Patreon. Are you going to get hit and scratched by a cat? I very well might, but we're playing Attack the Thing, which oh, is a fun attack game. Attack the Thing. She likes to attack clips, like laundry clips or clothespins. Um, and then she got she your won. hands. She won. Um, yes, we have a Patreon. You can support us at patreon.com slash five degrees. Uh, you can also go to our website at five degrees between dot us. Uh, you can't get to our Patreon there because I didn't put a link to it. I probably should have, but I don't know that anybody ever goes to that website. Um, on our Patreon, you can support us on a per episode basis. So every time we release an episode, you give us a money. Um, that could be anywhere from a dollar to a hundred dollars. Please don't give us a hundred dollars per episode. The pressure would be too much. Um, but it helps defray costs of hosting and feeding our cat and buying a domain. So we appreciate any and all support you can give us. You can set a monthly cap. So if we release too many episodes, you're like, I don't want to give you that much money. We respect that decision and encourage you to do so. Um, there are two perks on a semi-regular basis. The most popular perk, I don't know if they're popular or not, but the most regular perk is you get to hear bonus audio from every episode before and after we record where we talk to our cat and say other things. I do less work. Word? You do get a secret word. There's a secret word um, that you get. Which we forgot to do for six months, but now we've remembered it's back. again. The secret word's back. Yeah. Um, and if we're not deliberately picking a movie like we did with Memoria this week, uh, you'll get a list of movies we did not watch because I often give Amy a selection of movies to help her pick, um, which is a system that works really well for us because I can scroll through all of the possible movies for days. So I'm able to limit it just to five and then she can pick one that she wants from that list. So it works out for everybody. It does. And then we record podcasts about it. Yeah. Uh, did I miss anything else? Uh, thank you. Thank for you. For listening. Thank you for listening. It means a lot. Yeah. And uh, go watch Memoria if it's the sort of thing you think you will like. <laughs> and if not, you've gotten a sense of it from this podcast. Yeah. So. All right. Well, say goodnight, Amy. Goodnight, Amy.